Beloved, we are praying, and then we are praying and then asking the Lord that He should take over. We are asking the Spirit of God to take over, even this morning session, in the name of Jesus. Ya <laughs> 
Jesus, we thank you this morning. We pray, even in the name of Jesus, that your spirit will take control this morning. Grant us more insight. Grant us illumination. We pray that this morning you will bring us to the manifold wisdom of your very self. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I we pray. Amen. 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 Powerful. Glory to Jesus. So it's another season. If you, is it, if you can hear us, let, let me know. If you can hear us, just say I can hear you quickly, 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 quickly. This morning we are not wasting time at all. We are not wasting time at all. We are not wasting time at all. If you can hear us, let me know. Yeah, powerful. Oh, if you can hear us, let me know. Yeah, yeah, powerful, powerful. So you can hear us, powerful. I want you to get ready for this morning's edition on our camp meeting it's a camp meeting so you should you should try your best and don't be comfortable engage yourself and let yourself be active and i know god is going to bless you the man of god is ready to take us through the final episode on god's eternal purpose as we comprehend the comprehensive trajectory of redemption how the path of redemption what god started doing what god is doing and what god will be doing and that is why we have broken this session into three parts and by the grace of god we are going to enter the final part and today it's going to be glorious may the lord bless you even as you take notes even as and one thing is that please let's be engaging okay let's be engaging when when the sermon is going on let's be engaging don't just be listening type something say something let's flow let's be interactive yeah so that we'll know that we are there may the lord bless you and keep you Another man of God takes over. God bless you. Man of God, please, you can take over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. 
God bless you so much. Um, man of God for another opportunity to minister to the saints this morning. If you can hear my voice, let's give me an emoji, a very nice emoji, a smiling emoji. Hallelujah. Um, we want to quickly zoom into the word and without wasting much time. Last night I hoped that we could share so many things, but um, the the network didn't allow us to do much. But at this morning I, I pray that God would God would recover all that we lost and then we'll be able to glean much into his word. Hallelujah. If 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 you are online you can share the, the link for others to oh I'm, I'm seeing so many smiling emojis hallelujah if you're online you can share the, the link for other friends to join and them for them to be blessed god bless you so much um this one i come your way again with the word of god to continue what we've we started learning yesterday in the, in the, in the morning we started with the eternal purpose of God, how that as any being with consciousness has a purpose, has a dream, has an underlying architecture or architectural design that dictates the, 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 the subsequent actions and um, plans. So is God. He also has his own design, his original pattern. And that original pattern is that at the end of the days, in the end of the world, his son will that is that which will be glorified. His son would become the embodiment of the life of God. God has a purpose. God has a dream of sharing his life with us. But that life is in his son. That the son will become the embodiment, the manifestation and the distribution of that life to his creation. And, and in God having that purpose, he also seeks to have a body of expression by the Son. He wants to acquire a body of expression. Sons who are like the Son of God, sons who bear the heavenly image and not the earthly image. Paul says, as we have borne the image of the earthly, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly. Hallelujah. For the first man is of the, was of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. The first man was made a living soul. The second man was made a life-giving spirit. Actually, the word is a quickening spirit. A spirit that makes alive. Hallelujah. Now, last night, so that was that was what we shared on Monday dawn. We also talked about the, the, the will of God. The will of God to be accomplished. Jesus came and said that, I... I come in the volumes of the book to do thy will, O God. And we linked about how the will of God is manifest in three dimensions, which is the mystery of his will, the hidden will of God, and then the good pleasure of his will, the will that makes his heart delight, that, that delights his heart. It's something that it is a heart matter to God. It is something that he is invested into it. He has a stake in it. It gives him delight. It gives him joy. It is not just a way he wishes that it happens arbitrarily, but it is something that gives his heart delight. His heart comfort hallelujah and we also talked about the counsel of his will then the counsel of his will is the plans 
and the various process through which God employed in all wisdom and prudence to accomplish that purpose. When we talk about the Council of Israel, then we are talking about that created purpose, the part of the created purpose that which God began to do even before time began. And then we talked about the redemptive purpose that which God began to do in order to send man back to the original purpose. And yesterday, the Lord gave us the chance to um, enter into the redemptive purpose of God. And I started talking about the purpose of man. And that was when the, I was having um, a few challenges with, with my network. All that I wanted to say last night was that when you talk about the creative purpose of God, as we explained earlier, we are saying that God, the triumph God, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, they have a perfect fellowship within themselves. And they hatched a plan that they wanted a body, a vessel of expression, who is no less like God himself, in nature, in glory, in expression. They wanted to create something that bears the image of the triumph God. God wanted to form a vessel in which he could, he would be the content and that vessel would be the means of his expression. And I use the an analogy of the hand and the glove. God hatched a plan that I want to create a vessel in whom I will pour out myself. He wanted a vessel to pour out himself. And then the, the, the vision or the purpose of man was born. Man was born out of fellowship for fellowship. You should understand that man was born out of the fellowship of divinity. He was a plan that was hatched whilst fellowship, the perfect fellowship between the Godhead was going on. And he was born for fellowship. He was born in fellowship, by fellowship unto fellowship. Man cannot live apart from fellowship. Hallelujah. Man was not born for worship. I explained yesterday that God had a lot of angels. In Job chapter 38 verse 6, Bible says that when God was creating the universe, the sounds of God shouted to shouted together. And all the morning stars shouted for joy. The, the sounds of God sang together, and all the morning the morning stars shouted for joy. There were a lot of angels back then. God hasn't feed on human worship. He doesn't need anything. Paul says that God is not served with human hands as though he needed anything. Acts chapter 17. So it is important for us to know why man was made. The purpose of man was that he will become the he will become the container, he will become the vessel, he will become the, the container of the content which is called God. God wants to be brought down and processed for our enjoyment. God wants to be downloaded into our heart so that we can enjoy him as the life-giving spirit, as the source of life, as the fountain of life. Hallelujah. All that is in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is that man will come is that man will come to the place of perfect fellowship where he is totally aligned to the purposes of God that he become a conduit of divine life. Hallelujah. So in the beginning, you realize that Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, man is formed. Man is created. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, man is formed. And his, in his creation and in his formation became his making. God said, let us make man. Let us make man. 
And the next verse says that, and the Lord God created man in his image, meaning God didn't do what he wanted to do. In chapter 2, verse 7, he said that, and let us form, and God form man of the dust of the ground and breathe into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. So the making of man entailed the creation of man and then the formation of man. The cre- to create is to bring something that didn't previously exist into existence without using pre-existing materials. Formation is to give structure, to give form. That is why God used the dust of the earth. It was to give structure. It was to give form. The body of man was formed of the dust of the earth so that you have a contact with the universe that you were supposed to have dominion on. So the man that was created in Genesis is not the same man that will be seen in the book of Revelations. The trip between Genesis and Revelations is the transportation of the divine life from God into man. Hallelujah. So you see that at the end of the days, Bible says that, and I, Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, and I saw a river clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, and in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the street, the tree of life, which bears 12 kinds of fruits in each year, and the leaves thereof are for the healing of the nations. He saw a, a river, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. What does that mean? I remember that Athanasius of Alexandria, when he was giving an apologia concerning the Trinity and concerning the fact that the Son is equal to the Father and the Spirit is equal to the Father and the Son. He says that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, not confounding their persons nor dividing, dividing their essence. For there is one person of the Father, another person of the Son, another person of the Spirit. Yet the Godhead of the Father and the Godhead of the Son and the Godhead of the Spirit is one. Glory co-eternal and majesty co-equal. He continued and he said that, For there are not three almighties, but one almighty. For there are not three eternals, but one eternal. The Father is of none. The Son is of the Father, not made, not created, but begotten. The Spirit is of the Father and the Son, not made, not begotten, not created, but proceeding. So you see, when you see the throne of God and of the Lamb, and a river proceeding out of that throne, you realize that it is the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Perfect union, perfect triumph God. With the life issuing out of the throne, the life is the Spirit, the communication of the Spirit. God is the source of the life, but the Spirit is the transmission of that life. And the, and the trip between Genesis and Revelation is that God will flow into his creation. Bible says that in Genesis chapter chapter 2 says that there was a river that flown out of the garden and split into 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 four heads one represents God four represents creation it is God flowing out into his creation you see God seeks to flow into his creation and that is the eternal purpose of God but he must go through steps he must go through process you see God is wise. God is so wise. He doesn't sidestep process. God doesn't care about results so much as he cares about the process. Hallelujah. And so man became the recipient, the, the, the central figure in all the interests of God. Man is so central. Now, I, I was saying that yesterday. And, and 
I was saying yesterday that David in his in his in his night watches he began to think about how man is so important how come man as feeble and as sinful and as fallen as he is he began to talk about what is man he asked that question what is man what is man that thou art mindful of why do you care about man so much if you if i look at the stars the moon in all its glory if i look at the stars in the moon in all its glory and in all its beauty what is man if you compare the sun to the mag- mag- magnificence of the sun to feeble man it doesn't make sense that god cares so much about man imagine the vastness of space the great expanse of space billions and billions of galaxies you, you choose the milky way galaxy and we have billions and billions of planets uh, solar systems sorry you come to the solar system and we have almost eight planets then you choose the earth we have many forms of life we have the animal life we have the plant life and we have the human life and yet still god narrows it down to man god narrows it down to man it is because man is the only creation that bears the image of the heavenly beings he has been made a little lower than the angels because the um, the, the the making of man the materials used to make him a man was made of the dust of the earth angels were made of fire he said he makes his ministers wind and his and his angels a flaming a flaming flaming fire so angels were made of fire and of wind david says that ye his angels ye that excel in strength hearkening unto the voice of his word they excel in strength man is weak angels are strong that is why they've been made a little lower than the gods than the than the angels but they are no less i mean less they are no less in 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 authority angels may have strength but human beings the kind of authority god has bequeathed to us hallelujah and so when we we get to understand the purpose of man in all the councils of god we begin to appreciate what god expected of man especially from the first man from adam so god bequeathed god gave this world the universe i mean the earth for man's dominion because man was so central to the purpose of god god had to give him dominion over the earth but the first man failed and so the whole world the whole creation was thrown out of balance adam allowed himself for sin to enter him and so death came upon all that was created there was a death sentence upon the created realm upon the created race adam became the head of the created race hallelujah and so The purpose of God had to take another dimension, which is the redemptive purpose of God. The creative purpose of God is that God will flow into his creation. God will seek for a vessel through which he can flow into his creation. And he chose that vessel to be man. But then the redemptive purpose came in because man fell. And so the description of man in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 is not the same description of man in Psalm 8. And it's not the same description of man as described in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. There are different men in the Bible. We have the old man. The old man is Adam, mingled with the sin nature. The new man is Christ, mingled with the divine life. And we have the perfect man, 
the perfect man we have the perfect man we have the man that is described in some eight we have the man that is described in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 the perfect man so Christ had to become part of the human race in order to redeem us in order to bring us back in order to restore the purposes of God hallelujah and that was all that I was I was sharing yesterday the fallen man in Ecclesiastes we, we see Solomon comparing the spirit of man to the spirit of beasts and he says that there is no difference between the spirit of man that goes up and the spirit of beast that goes to the earth they all come from the same place he he was comparing human beings to animals that was the picture of the fallen man man had been reduced to his barest the the lowest level in the universe the word human is actually from the word humus which is discarded um the decomposed forms of life the lowest you see so jesus christ also became part of the human race jesus christ became part of the human race let me tell you something the suffering of christ actually began when he became man bible says that let this man be in you which was also in christ jesus who being the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god but made himself but made himself of no reputation he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men look if you are a man you have no reputation he was describing the, the the fallen man so that as children are partakers of flesh and blood he also likewise partook of the same that he might destroy him that hath the power of death that is the devil and free all them that are under the bondage of death under the fear of death he redeemed us from the fear of death man is under a sentence to die man is under a universal curse of death when he fell he had come under the judgment of god so that is why they that believe in christ they have passed from death to life that they may not perish but have everlasting life that is a restoration back to the to the to the to the garden a restoration back to the original purpose god created a tree and called it the tree of life and bible declared that it was good for food god wanted us to eat of him god wants us to eat of his life god wants us to god wants us to imbibe the riches of the eternal drink he is our he is our he is our drink he is our eternal food we are going to eat of him for eternity that god will become part of us and that we will become part of god hallelujah and so the trip between genesis and revelation is how man goes through the motions of redemption goes through the motions of fulfilling the word of god so that in the end god will declare and the tabernacle of god is with men and he shall dwell with them forever that i will be as a father to them and they shall be my children that is god's dream that is where god's dream would have come to its consummation the consummation is that all of us who have the divine life will together become an eternal bride for his son an eternal bride the wife of christ that he is the head we become the body and the city he said that and i saw the city the new jerusalem coming out of god out of god from heaven having the glory of god not reflecting the glory of god but having the very glory of god and when we become we when we begin to put on the the glory of god as the new jerusalem see he posted that the jerusalem that is below 
is in bondage with their children but the jerusalem above is free which is the mother of us all the jerusalem above is the mother of us all in revelation chapter 12 the bible describes a woman said that a woman clothed with the sun the moon under her feet and 12 stars on the head the moon when it's close clothed with the sun the sun produces its own glory the sun produces its own heat the sun produces its own light speaking of the dispensation of the spirit the dispensation of grace he said the lord our lord is a sun in a shield the lord shall bring grace and glory in some i think in one of the chapters in psalms so that our lord is a sun and a shield i think some 62 our lord is a sun and a shield the lord shall bring grace and glory i cannot begin to talk about grace and glory right now you see glory is grace consummated grace is glory began when it begins in grace it must con- it must be consummated in glory for we are saved by grace but we shall be consummated in glory hallelujah see so the 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 clothing of the woman with the sun speaks of the dispensation of grace the dispensation you are in the moon under her feet means that she has conquered the moon you know the moon reflects the glory of the sun so that for the law having been a shadow of good things to come when the sun casts its rays it is the moon that reflects the shadow so the moon represents the the age of the law which has come to pass and 12 stars when you when jacob when joseph had a dream so that i see the sun the moon and 12 stars bowing to me the stars represent the the patriarchal age so the, this woman has the patriarchal age he has she has the the age of the of the law and she has the age of grace that woman is the new jerusalem and that is the picture of of our of our perfect communion with god bible says that for the bride had prepared herself the bride had made herself ready she was she was clothed in white linen which is the righteousness of the saints hallelujah that is where god is waiting god is waiting for us to come to that place of consummation god was waiting for us to come to the fullness of the life of god where we manifest fully the very presence and the very life of god that is how central that is how central man has become that is how central man has become to the purposes of god hallelujah so we, we talked about about the redemptive purpose because man deviated there was a plan for for us to send man back into the original intent to bring man back to the trip between genesis and revelation where we become vessels of the of the of the glory of god vessels of the content the content of the divine life hallelujah this one i have a lot to share with us and i pray that god will give us the grace to proceed And yesterday we began to talk about the redemptive purpose where we talked about the the work and the person of jesus christ and i said that the person of jesus christ is what gives his works that value when i know that it is the son of god the eternal son of god the the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth this son the eternal the eternal son of god the son will be eternally god the son will be an eternal son of god bible calls him unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and he shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace hallelujah that is the kind of son that we have been given 
That's the assignment we, we, we have been given. And so, when Jesus Christ came, He came in the fullness of His divinity. Him being totally God, but He took upon Him the form of a servant so that He might identify with the human race. Hallelujah. And He came to correct all that the first Adam had wronged, had erred. And He came to bring us back to eating of the tree of life. And so the person of Jesus Christ qualifies his work. You see, it's not just a mere man that we are talking about. We are not talking about the work of a mere man. We are talking about the work of the Son of God. And so when you know when you know the deep greatness of Christ, Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he says that that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto death. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Realize that his trip began begins in a resurrection and it ends in a resurrection that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and he ends and says that if by any means i may attain unto the resurrection of the dead our life begins in resurrection it is the part of the work of jesus when he died he died as the merchant man to produce the church so um, songs of solomon chapter 3 verse 6 bible says that who is this that cometh up out of the wilderness perfumed with mare and frankincense and all the powders of the merchant he had as the merchant man jesus said that the kingdom of god is like a merchant man who sells all he has to buy the pearl of great price he saw that we were a pearl of great price and he committed all his wealth to buy that pearl he purchased us bible says that in acts 20 um, 20 Acts 20, 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and unto all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the flock of God which he purchased with his own blood. I never knew God had, God had blood. Say that to feed the flock of God which he that's a pronoun which he purchased with his own blood. Ah, God had blood. Yes, but we have been bought with a price. We have been bought at the price of God. We are so precious, we are so central. Man is so central that God had to bleed in order to get us back. To satisfy his own demands of justice because the throne of god is established in righteousness and justice god had to buy us back by his own blood hallelujah and so the the work of god the work of god in christ the work of god in christ is higher because the work of god in christ is higher than the work of satan in adam god redeemed us he brought us back he brought us back to the purposes of god so that we might be on a trip to become the conduit, the pipe, the vessel through which he can flow into his creation. Oh, let me give you a picture of how God wants to flow into his creation. Let me give you a picture. In Romans chapter 8, I couldn't talk about the hope of our calling, but I hope to do so now and then we quickly zoom into many other glorious things. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 20, verse 20, it says that, Oh, let me start from 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation. For the earnest expectation of the creation witnessed for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the manifestation of them that have the eternal life. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same. A, a, a Bible scholar says that the sentence should should end at, but by reason of him who subjected the same, subjected the same. 
full stop in hope that because the creatures because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption the bondage of death the bondage of decay into the glorious liberty of the son of god for we know that the whole creation groaneth and traveleth in pain together until now listen to this and not only they but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the spirit even who even we ourselves grow within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wait the redemption of our body mm. for we are saved by hope but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth, what doth he he yet hope for but we if we hope for that which we see not then do we with patient wait for it look at verse 24 he says that for we are saved by hope i thought we are saved by grace but he's speaking of another salvation you know there's a salvation of the spirit the salvation of the soul and the salvation of the body the work of god in christ is to save our spirits is to continue to wash our souls that at the end of the days at the, at the resurrection of the dead he would he will save our bodies that is the that is the consummation of life he said that i behold i show you a mystery we shall not all die we shall not all sleep but at the tramp the last tramp in the twinkle of an eye mortality shall be swallowed up of life mortality shall be drowned in a sea of life and there we shall say to death oh death where is thy sting oh grave where is thy victory for the strength of sin for the strength of sin is the law and the sting of the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law you see that in the at the end of the age when everything has been consummated in glory death shall be defeated once and for all he was speaking of physical death the principle of death god jesus has disarmed the power of death but we still die it is because not everything has been subjected under him why <laughs> because when god also had highly exalted him he committed put everything under his feet but hebrew says that for it does not yet appear as though everything is under him but at the end of the age everything will come under the government of of the church and the church will be headed up in christ and christ will be headed up in god that god may be all in all Bible said that when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gift to men. When he ascended, what is it? But first descended to the lower parts. He that descended is same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. So in that he descended, what is it? But first descended to the lower parts of the earth. The one who ascended is the same that descended to the lower parts of the earth. He conquered death. He went to the deepest depth so that he can he can be raised to the highest height. Talking of the resurrection, he went to the deepest depth, which is his death, so that he can come up to the highest height, which is the resurrection. He came atop the Mount Zion to the, an innumerable company of angels, so that he can flow into us as the life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. So the work of Christ concerning his death and his resurrection has been fulfilled in us. Why, why? Let me touch on the resurrection quickly. We talked about fulfilling this, the desire of God to impart life into our hearts. Where God, Christ became entered into us as a life-giving spirit to dispense His life into us. The last, the last thing of, of the of the resurrection that I want to talk about that I've actually touched on is is the hope of the calling. Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, 
verse 17 is that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling mm. what is the hope of that calling in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says that endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit even as we have been called Even as we have one hope of our calling, we have been called with a living hope. Hallelujah. What is the hope of that calling? What is the hope? We have a hope. Christianity is not just, um, um, it's not a bandwagon. There's one body and one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling, we have been called with a hope. What is that hope? Titus 2.13 says that. Let me touch on the Romans again. He said that he said that we are saved by hope. He said, and these three abided: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Faith answers to the salvation of our spirits. For by faith we are saved through grace, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. By love we purify our souls, seeing that ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth unto the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. By love we purify our souls. By love we, we are saved in our souls. But by hope we are saved in the consummation of the glory. I said that it begins in grace. We are all saved by grace, but it will be climaxed in glory. When our bodies, when we receive our redemptive bodies, our resurrection bodies, when glory has been consummated in our humanity, when our mortality has been swallowed up in a sea of life, God will drown us in the, in life. God would, God would, oh my goodness, God will just flood our hearts. God will just flood our bodies with life, that there will be no trace of death found in us anymore. Hallelujah. The hope of our calling is that Titus 2.13 says that looking for that blessed hope. The appearing of the great God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So that our citizenship is in heaven. From whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies. This body is vile. That it may be fashioned as unto his glorious body. Working by the power which is able to also subject all things under him. We our vile body shall be changed, my brethren. That is what Paul hoped for, that he may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah. Peter says that, Blessed be the God and Father, who according as his abundant message has begotten us again unto a living hope. He calls the hope a, a hope that is alive. That's what Paul says in Thess- Thessalonians, that when the believer dies, we should not mourn as the world mourns, as people who have no hope. The hope is towards the appearance of, the, of Jesus Christ, where life will be consummated in us. That is when the purpose of God has come to fruition. It has come to perfection. God is working in us. He has begun a good work in us. And he will finish it. He said that the one who has begun a good work in you shall bring it to perfection or completion unto the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Unto, is that we've been born again unto a livelihood by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, reserved in the heavens for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. He talked about the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. 
That salvation is the salvation, the consummation of our salvation. And he spoke of that salvation, that the elders and the prophets prophesied unto it, being testified of the Spirit through the Scriptures. Hallelujah. The work of God, my, my brethren, the work of God is not to give you, it, um, is not to save you from sin. Jesus died for our sins, yes, but there's a higher purpose. That is the means. It is only a bringing us back. The, when we preach the royal gospel, we are only telling men that, hey, come, he said that day that did that test come unto me and drink it is an invitation to a feast wine is on the leaves there is a feast prepared on the mountain of god that all men must flow into the mountain of god and have a feast they have to come and eat to come and eat of the abundance of his house to come and eat of the fatness of his table a fit feast fit for kings it's an invitation into the royal courts that we may have his life and be consummated in it God wants to give you something better than saving you from sin. God wants to give you something higher than you just being morally upright. There's an eternal plan. There's a plan that, that transcends time. We are not beings of time. We are beings of eternity. And you must look. Bible says that. Set your affections on things above, not on things below. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. They are the real things. And these are matters that touch on things that are invisible. God wants to give us His very self. God wants to pour him, Himself into us as the life, as our very life. God wants to be our subjective life. Objectively, He is God, but subjectively, He wants to become our life. The subjective life. The, the principle of our life, the principle by which we live by. And that is the whole reason why Christ had to die and resurrect. So that he may enter into us as the life. Hallelujah. Now I want to touch on something. So the hope, the hope, the hope is, is, is a hope that is alive. It's a hope that Christ has fulfilled for us. I want to touch on something quickly and then we'll look into some of these things. Now, When we talk of Christ, we must understand his divine position properly. The place he occupies in the universe of God. Sometimes we, we discount it. We think he's a he's a great he's a great person. Oh, Jesus is great, but he's not God. That's what people say. C.S. Lewis says that that is it is it, patronizing nonsense. When people say that, oh, I, I want I want to believe Jesus on the account of being a good moral teacher, but I'm not willing to accept that he's God. C.S. Lewis believes that Jesus Christ didn't give us that option. In Isaiah, the Bible says that, For I am the Lord God, I share my glory with no one. Jesus Christ comes on the scene and says that, Father, glorify me with the glory I shared with you before time began. That is a demand. That is the Son of God talking. That is God talking. Hallelujah. Now you want to touch on the, the 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 position the son occupies in the divine appointment. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, and Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, say that and he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. For by him were all things created 
visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominion or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. All things were created by him and for him. He owns everything, even though he created everything. You see, it's like Steve Jobs creating iPhone and he's not willing to sell it. That is the purpose of man. God created man and he was he, he he we were created by him and we were created for him. We are his amusement. <laughs> we were created just to amuse God. Hallelujah. We we were we were created as though we we are we are we are his eternal amusement. We are his eternal toys. We are toys for God to play with. We are not in a derogatory sense or a discounting sense, but we have been created for his pleasure. He said that, For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For all things were created, for by your will all things were created. For by your pleasure and for your pleasure they are, they exist and were created. The reason for our existence is that we exist for God's pleasure. We exist for God's pleasure. Hallelujah. If, if you can hear me, shall you can, can we begin to speak in tongues for, for one minute? Shall we begin to speak in tongues for one minute? Let us pray to grab these things. Let us pray into fellowship in this truth. That God will bring us to our apprehension of these things. Open our spirit up for us to receive, Lord. Help my understanding. Help my heart. Help my mind. Help my heart. Help my mind. Open our spirit, Lord. Open our spirit, Lord, to the deep waters. To these deep waters, as we feed on you. Oh, Come on, lift it, lift it, lift it, lift it. Let the light of God open our height. Oh, the light of God. As we feed on this way, help us, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit. Pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. I tell you, it's not easy. I know some of us we are really struggling. I see the spirit of God helping our hearts, helping our mind. Farabashaya, vegetele badusa, ikora baba, zaya gadala masaya, 
As we hear, we understand the mystery of Christ. For these words should not be in the wisdom that man teaches, but in that which the Holy Ghost teaches, interpreting spiritual things to spiritual men. For God has revealed this thing to us by His Spirit. I know God will help our understanding. May the Holy Ghost help us this morning, even in Jesus' name. Shall we continue? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give me some smiling emojis. If you're online, give me some smiling emojis. Hallelujah. Now, let's continue. Hmm. Now, I want to touch on the work of God in Christ. That is a redemptive purpose. We want to move from there. We want to come up higher. We want to come up higher. Hallelujah. We want to come up higher. Hmm. Now, oh my goodness. Now, in Revelation chapter 1, <laughs> verse 5, John describes the man he saw. He describes the man he saw. You know, the work of God, oh my God. He says that in Revelations, chapter 1 verse 12 it says that and i turned to see the voice that speak with me and being turned i saw seven golden candlesticks he saw the church you know the the symbol of the church is not a cross let me tell you if you have a cross in your in your in your on your chain you are it's it's not there's nothing christian about it is is for fashion the symbol of the cross the the bible never gave us a symbol for the cross the signified symbol in the book of revelations is the candlestick he said that the candlestick represents the seven churches and he says that in the midst of the candlesticks are like one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to the foot mm. that talks of his eternal fullness the the garment that he wore the linen the priestly garment is up to his feet you realize that in leviticus bible says that the priest should not have his coat or his or his attire hanging to his knee that when he goes when he goes up to the temple his nakedness will be shown bible says concerning jesus that his his girdle his garment is down to the foot the man is full the man is full the man is full of the holy ghost the man is filled with life his fullness is shown and the 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 the, the joyful aspect is not the fact that he's full but it's the fact that in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like unto the son of man the church is filled with the spirit the church is filled you see the holy ghost is not a disembodied spirit the the holy ghost is within the church the church is filled with the powders of the merchant in songs of solomon chapter 3 verse 6 it says that we have who is it that cometh up out of the wilderness? He was describing Christ. Perfume with men and frankincense. May re- relate with the death. Frankincense relates with the resurrection. The fragrances of the resurrection. When Christ resurrected, his fragrance went abroad. The Holy Ghost dwells within a church. He is the spirit within a church. He is the mystical spirit that goes within a church. You see Jesus walking among the seven golden candlesticks. Jesus walks in, in our midst. He is, he is within the church. 
you see when you begin to criticize the church you must understand this is the church the christ died for he's the church he bled for he said that he might wash it with the washing of water by the word that he might present us unto himself a glorious church without wrinkle without spot without blemish it is not your duty to present a perfect church to christ he himself is doing it hallelujah now he want to attain a perfect church in the end and that is why he said that hitherto is my father working and i am working in john chapter 5 verse 17 christ said that my father is working since and i am working since i thought god rested from his work but jesus christ came and said that no but the father has been working trying to fulfill his purposes in us he has been working it's hitherto my father is working and i am working is that while i work while it is day for there is a night coming when no man works hmm. god has been working consummating his eternal purposes so that in the end it will be only his son that is seen the position that the son occupies in divine appointment is that he is the image of the invisible god he is the firstborn of every creature he is the preeminent one and the life that he has demonstrated is supposed to be lived by us in certain spheres that I'll, I'll quickly zoom into i have i have very little time left christ seek to christ seeks to make our lives a fragrance of his presence let's go to genesis chapter 32 verse 16. i want to touch on something very 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 um interesting this morning the Holy Ghost has extended my time. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. God being so good. I'm enjoying this. Hallelujah. Hmm. I want you to follow me carefully. Sorry, Exodus 32.16. Uh, forgive me. Exodus 32.16. Exodus chapter 32 verse 16. Oh, let's, let's start from 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mount. And the two tables of the testimony were in his hands. The two tables of the testimony talks of the law or the commandment as we know it. The tables were written on both their sides. On the one side and on the other were they written verse 16 note verse 16 it says that and the tables were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God graving upon the stones or upon the tables and the work and the tables were the work of God mm. and the writing was the writing of God graving upon the tables i remember last last year towards 2020 the end of 2020 the lord gave me an assignment to read the book of exodus and i think that was towards 2019 yes sorry 2019 when we were entering 2020 the lord gave me an assignment to read the book of exodus i never understood and i began to read it 
I got stuck at chapter chapter 14 and I thought I was done. So I cooked something small from there. And I continued to chapter 32 and I got stuck on on verse 16. It took me a whole year to understand what God was trying to show me. And so you see, the work of God is that and the tables were the work of God. I thought God ceased from his work. He's saying that the tables were God's initiation. It is God, it was God's own writing. It was his it was his it was his signature. God has been writing the testimony, the law was the writing of God. I, I would you would understand what where I'm going very soon. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. I'm using um, the King James Version, so bear with me. And I'm using um, a physical Bible that I have to open to the verses. Wonderful. Second Corinthians chapter 1. Now, see chapter 1, um, chapter 3, verse 1. It says that, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you? Or letters of epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you, ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Three, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the hearts, and such trust we have through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, Oh, who has also made us able ministers of the New Testament. Let me end there. This is what the Apostle is trying to say. You know, in those times, they, they began to be a proliferation of false teachings, false doctrines, and false apostles. They could go to the Church of Galatia and say that, Oh, Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul sent me here to minister with you. And so they began a system that if you if the apostles were sending you they will give you a letter of commendation to the church to as a proof that apostle peter or apostle james or apostle john or apostle paul sent me to you hallelujah and then he was talking to the corinthian church he paul himself raised this church and he said that when i'm coming to you do you think i need letters of commendation you are my letters you are my proof you are the proof of my apostolic ministry for we ourselves are just vessels because god is writing god is writing on the tables of your hearts that's what paul is saying that the church of corinthians is a letter god is writing but the pen is the apostles the pen is the apostles for who he gave them he gave some apostles he gave some prophets he gave some evangelists he gave some pastors and teachers for the perfection of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. You see, these ones are in opposition. The unity of the faith is the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God is the perfect man. The perfect man is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? It goes back to Aaron. You see, when Aaron became the high priest, they used his body to form the high priestly garment when Eleazar took over they didn't need to form another high priestly garment so Eleazar had to grow to eat well so that he can fit perfectly into the garments of his father 
so that it will neither drag on the floor or hang. It will be perfect. So we must grow into the perfect stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what he describes. And so Paul is saying that as God is writing, the apostles are the pen. The ink is the spirit and the letter is the tables of our hearts. As in the days of old, he said that the writing is the writing of God. It is God that is leading us, my, 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 my brethren. He is calling us out of, out of the life of sin. He is calling us out of the life of darkness. So that he might begin to write us as the letter of, letters of his love. God is writing a love letter to the, to, the, to the world. God is writing a letter of reconciliation to the world. He is writing an epistle, an epistle of Christ to the world. And the ink is the spirit. This time he's not writing on tables of stone as in the Old Testament, but he's writing on tables, on fleshy tables of the heart. A fleshy table of a fleshy table of a, of a heart describes a heart that has been regenerated. You see, the, you see, the Bible talks about many compartments in man. The Bible talks about the spirit that man is a spirit. The Bible talks about the soul. Man has a soul. The Bible talks about the body. Man has a body. But the Bible talks about the inward man. Inward man. The Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 3, it said that for this cause I buy my knees unto the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. There is a spirit in your inner man. The inner man is the heart. The inner man is man's spirit, the central part of man. God always wants the center. I remember in the Old Testament when the people encamped, three tribes to the north, three tribes to the south, three tribes to the east, three tribes to the west, and the camp, the tabernacle of God was in the center. Our lives must revolve around the presence. Our lives, he was only telling them that the spirit of God is the, is the determinant. The presence in their midst is what matters. But sometimes we have our minds so set on the promised land that we forget the presence that is in our midst. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible also talks about the inward parts. Job 38 verse 36. It talks about the inward parts. Psalm 51 verse 6. He said that, For thou would desire truth in the inward parts. In Proverbs 20 verse 27. The Bible says that, The candle, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all his inward parts. And the Bible talks about the hidden man of the heart. In first peter chapter chapter 2 i think all these are compartments of the heart and of of man and god seeks to bring his life alive in the central part of man where we become an effulgence of his life an effulgence of his grace an effulgence of his glory it is not so much as being saved from the world being saved from darkness but also that we become agents of transformation dispensing his life he says that for god has made us able ministers oh my goodness when our, when we become faithful letters unto Christ, when we become faithful letters unto Christ, it says that for God has made us able ministrants, not just ministers, but ministrants. We minister the life. We minister the New Testament. New Testament is the, is the testament of, 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 of the life of Christ being shed abroad. The New Testament talks of the, the dispensation of life. How God administrates the administration of the Spirit. And the Bible says that He has made the apostles ministers, agents, conduits 
outlets of the New Testament. They dispense the life. They dispense the life of God. And all these things is, to, is, is because Christ must have first place. Christ must have his place. Christ must have, must occupy the, the, the appointment of God in our lives. You see, when I say these things, what I'm trying to say is that there's a place that Christ must occupy. If you must come to the fullness of the life, God must enforce that where he has placed the son in your life is where he occupies. We realize that we read Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 all the way to 18. The son is the invisible, the image of the invisible God. The son occupies the chiefest place of priority. Bible says that he is before all things and in him all things consist. All things find their expression. And he is the head of the church. Who is the beginning in that he is the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the chiefest place of priority and in all things he may have the preeminent. There are realms, there are spheres that the preeminence of Christ is supposed to be achieved in the dispensation of the life. So God has saved us onto the dispensation of the life. He has written on the tables of our heart and he's still writing. So that the life will manifest out. The love of Christ will manifest out. The grace of Christ will manifest out of our bodies. But there is a place where Christ ought to occupy in our hearts. When he met the rich man. And the rich man asked, what must I do to be saved? Christ said, you know what you are supposed to do. Honor your father and your mother. Love the Lord God all your heart. The law, what the law says. Do not covet. Do not do this. Do not do that. And he and he proudly said that, oh, that one. If it's that one, I, I think I have life. If it's that one, then I think I have the eternal life you are talking about. Because from my childhood, have I obeyed all these things? And Bible said that Jesus looking unto him and loving him. He said that, go and Sell all that you have. Go and sell all your possessions. And come and follow me. Jesus touched the very place that he ought to be. Jesus doesn't care whether you lose all your wealth. If he's not first place in your life, all those things come for nothing. The son must have preeminence. He's the life. And he must have preeminence in your life. The man was willing to pursue Christ, but he was not willing to make him first place. Sometimes he yearning for Christ yielding yearning for 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 fellowship is easy. We sing songs of consecration and we are crying, we are falling over emotions and all that. It's good. But when Christ comes demanding first place in your life, then that is where you know that sacrifice is not easy. That's when you realize that you love your, your money more than you love Christ, actually. But then God will, God must complete his work in you. And there's a place that the work of God must begin in you, in you personally before it is manifest out. So let's share four, let me share with you four, four spheres of the dominion of Christ. You see, when we talk about the dominion of Christ, we think something that is, ab- I mean, outside of ourselves. That is why I quoted 2 Corinthians, the work of God, that the work that God is doing in the tables of our hearts. That is actually where God's dominion begins to start. If Christ has no preeminence in the heart of the church, he has no business having dominion elsewhere. The dominion of Christ is first 
supposed to be exercised in a church is first to be exercised in four spheres before the consummation of life in the cosmic universe in the created universe in the universe of god happens it must start from the point that preeminence of christ the life that we've talked about the created purpose of christ must start from a point before it goes to the kingdoms of the world the god before it goes to the creation if christ is to have preeminence it should be all encompassing is either he is first or he is nothing at all either he is lord of all or he is not lord at all either he is first in your life or he is not first in anything in your life hallelujah now the dominion of christ or the new dominion of the life of god is supposed to be exercised in four spheres the dominion of christ is supposed to be exercised in four spheres Number one, the first place that the dominion of Christ, the first place that the dominion of the life of God, the first place that the creative purpose of God, if it is to be fulfilled in us, as we have received the life from the resurrection, if it's supposed to be manifest in us, first it must start from the believer's heart, the individual believer's heart. It must start from the sphere or from the realm of the individual life of the believer number two then he graduates into the church which is his body the corporate body of Christ number three then he goes to the kingdoms of the world and then number four the whole range of the cosmos Four, the reign of Christ the dominion of Christ starts from the individual believers heart before it is reflective in the church which is his body beloved huh. oh my god hallelujah glory to god glory to god we are so quick to point out what is wrong with the church without checking our individual lives the last time I had, we had a meeting in church and we were lamenting about how that the church has 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 been low on evangelism we have we have we don't turn up prayer meetings it seems as though the embers of the fires of god is dying in a church and at the meeting the pastor was so worried my pastor my local head pastor was so worried and i told him one thing i said pastor it's not because the church is dying it is because individually in our personal lives you are not maximizing the spiritual exercises if you are not praying independently corporate prayer will be ineffectual the life of God in our private lives must be harnessed and it becomes reflected in a corporate body this is how Jesus Christ puts it he said that when two or three are gathered there I am in their midst he gave us a principle of two or three meaning that the, the church life is a shared life the church life is a corporate life we cannot fake Christianity. We cannot fake spiritual. We cannot fake spirituality. When our individual lives are not expressing the divine life, there is no way the corporate body will show it. All the wrongs that we see in the body of Christ is because of our individual lives. Hallelujah. 
in the believer's heart read a scripture like first Peter chapter 3 verse 15 let me open my bible i said i was using a very big bible here and i'm enjoying it so much first peter chapter 3 verse 15 bible says that but sanctify the lord god in your heart set apart the lord god in your heart set apart the lord god in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear we must sanctify the lord god in our hearts it starts from our heart brethren the rulership of god starts in our heart the kingdom of god bible says that jesus said the kingdom of god cometh not with observation that it is here or is there behold the kingdom of god is in, in your midst for the kingdom is not in meat and drink but joy righteousness in the holy ghost in the holy ghost the kingdom of god is in the holy ghost but the holy ghost has come to dwell in our hearts because he wants to establish the kingdom of god right from our hearts god rules the heart of men that is his, that is his kingdom he's ruling hearts that have been regenerated and have received the life the resurrection life hearts that have received him as their subjective life when God begins to reign in you and God, God begin to reign in the other Christian and God begins to reign in the other in, in the other Christian that their hearts be, begins to become animated by the dictation of the spirit I tell you it will not take long for the world to take note of the church we have left the realms of the dominion of Christ and we are chasing after mundane things that is why the church has become what it has become but I don't talk as though we have no hope because the one that washes the church is Christ himself. The one that heads the church is Christ himself. I am very careful when I'm talking about the failings of the church. Do you, did you die for the church? There is one that died for the church. But then I, I bring a herald this morning to you that Christ must reign in your heart. Christ, the life must begin to have influence in your heart. That, he said that in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15 that the spirit in the inner man will be strengthened with might. The spirit in inner mind will be energized with with authority because that is where the dominion of christ must start from it must start from the individual's individual believer's life so when you are living your 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 life god is counting on you that if the world must see the sun glorified it starts from your life if the world must see the life manifest it starts from your very life your private life god, god wants to conquer our hearts Man as rebellious as he is, we must be defeated in our sin. We must be conquered in our rebellion. And he demands everything of our heart. Say that Mark 12, 29. What is the greatest commandment? Say that here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love is central to the dispensation of the New Testament. And the heart is the recipient of the love. Romans 5.5 5 said that Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God has been dispensed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. When was the Holy Spirit given to us? Peter says that repent and be baptized every one of you for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When we receive, when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came to dwell on in the chambers of our heart to establish his kingdom where he will proceed and manifest. He has be, our heart has become his headquarters, his 
place of operations so that he would communicate his love he will communicate his life to the world the bible says that let no evil communication proceed out of your mouth but everything that you say should be able to minister grace he said you should be able to minister grace why because love expressed is grace when we speak we must speak from the abundance of the love in our hearts which is grace then when it is manifest it becomes grace so that, ah, this man he talks with so much grace that is when the love has begun to have effect on you you know your life is so important the only bible many may get to read is your life i've read series and series of testimonies from the muslim world they are saying that sometimes it's not because a preacher preached but it was because of the demonstration of love by a christian brother and they said that ah, these people they have known something i do not know looking at their way of life when they are observed you know that mm, these people have been with jesus the life was being manifest the life was being manifested in their bodies. They had maximized the life. They had maximized the purposes of God. They had worked in the eternal purpose of God and have begun to express His love. They have begin. They have begun to express His life. It is not any new thing. It's not any big thing. The practice of love. The practice of grace. The practice of the righteousness of God. When you begin to do those things, you are manifesting His life. You are dispensing His life into His creation. Because the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. This is the most important point, and I'm spending all the time here. So that your individual life, you understand that the eternal God is counting on you to fulfill his eternal purpose, to bring it into consummation. Jesus Christ has fulfilled it, but he wants to bring it to consummation, where every everything of things in heaven and of things in earth will be subject to the church, that the church will be subject to Christ, that Christ will be subject to God, so that God may head up his creation. And that is why his dream will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. I told you, nothing will overthrow God's, God's agenda. But he's counting on you, my brother. He's counting on you, my sister. To extend his love. To extend his life. He has given you a heart full of life. He has given you a heart full of love. You know, we should not struggle to express this love. That, that as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father, even so we all should also should walk in the newness of the life. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Hallelujah. These things are so important, yet they are so simple and so practical. Hallelujah. Mm. Now, I will not be able to touch on the other realms. I mean, in the corporate, in the church, his preaches his body, and in the kingdoms of the world, and in the whole range of the cosmos. I, I, I would, I would highlight on a few points, which is the the life being expressed in the individual life of the believer hmm. and with the life being expressed in your individual life we have five stages that we have to go through I said that the dominion of Christ must be expressed in four realms your heart in the church in the kingdoms of the world now the, the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our god stop please pr- start praying for china for us for mexico for the kingdoms of the world arts education religion all the spheres because the kingdom 
the kingdoms of the world will become the kingdoms of our God in Revelations. So you should not be always thinking China is the evil one or Russia is the evil one. God needs them too. You see, when you understand the eternal purpose of God, you, you begin to see with a different eye. You begin to see the happenings in the world with a different heart. You begin to see, you, you, don't, you don't see corruption, you see life. You see, you, see, you see grace. In Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah was saying that, Woe is me, for I am undone. For I, my eyes have seen the king. For I am an, I'm, I'm a, of, of a people of unclean lips. And I myself am a man of unclean lips. The angels were seeing glory. He said that the earth is full of the glory of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. It depends on the lens you are looking with. You may see the world and see pain, suffering, tsunami, death, coronavirus. The angels are seeing glory. The angels are seeing glory. He said that, that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth. The knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. When you have this knowledge, when you have this divine understanding, you see the world differently. You see colors of the rainbow. You see the glories of God in the world. You see the glories of the church. You see the glories of Christ, the world that he has died for. You will not see the systems or the manifestation of evil, but you see the manifestation of Christ working towards the purpose, working towards bringing the universe under subjection of life, working in the universe so that the, 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 the world will be delivered from the bondage of bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. That is how you must see the world. Not to be a part of it, but to see it with compassion. We manifest the life. Hallelujah. Now, in God establishing his heart, uh, the, the, the life in our heart, there are five things you must go through. Five stages you must go through. You know these things are, 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 are true that Christ becomes the revelation within Christ in you is the hope of glory but the first one the first thing that Christ hoped to do is for us to have the revelation of Christ within our hearts you must have the Son must be revealed in us it's not just receiving salvation but the Son must also be revealed in us and to us. We must have a personal encounter with the Christ. If the love and the life of God must first dwell in our hearts, what we need is revelation. We must see Christ by revelation. So that flesh and blood has not revealed this thing to you, Peter. How did you know? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Christ was revealed to him. So that, ah, Peter, you are right. Flesh and blood has not revealed these things to you, but my Father which is in heaven. When Jesus resurrected, he looked at the 24 verse 44. They couldn't know him. He said that, Bible said that he broke the bread and their eyes were open and they begin and they began to see him. They began to understand the scriptures. They began to see him. Our eyes must be must be must be illuminated for us to see the Christ. Bible said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened in the knowledge of him. You know, the Holy Spirit will take us on to a journey. He takes us on to a school. The school is the school of Christ. Where we learn his ways. Where we know him. Where we know his love. Our service, our worship depends on it. When the Christ has been revealed to our hearts, 
you realize that there is a tangibility to the things that you talk about some of us we were, we, were, we were born in churches the reason why i love the subject of christ so much is probably because of this 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 very point christ was revealed to me i remember those days when i was working in a pharmacy i had been in church for so long but i didn't really know him i didn't really know jesus when the talk of judgment day was was preached in church my heart began to you know palpitate unnecessarily because i was I, I thought i was in church but i was so fearful i was so having fear having doubt my brothers there should be a, a i mean there should be something you must be able to hold on to when it comes to talking about christ do you know him or do you know about him that is a very important question you must ask yourself i remember those days i would i would list so many scriptures and i'll begin to read them i'll begin to read them i just wanted to know i wanted to be sure that my salvation was complete i wanted to know that i was not serving another lord but i was actually serving the christ below and behold one day you know those days i was struggling i would list all the sins that i knew worldly music fornication um, and theft i know i knew some sins were not my sins so i'll list them and i will i will take them day in day out this one i did it i'm sorry lord this one i didn't do it oh congratulations to me it was a tiresome 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 exercise i remember yesterday i was talking about the 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 body of death and the the law of the body of death and body of sin what i wanted to do i couldn't and what i didn't want to do i was doing and one day i chanced upon the gospel on facebook just a single scripture i had never seen it before romans chapter 4 verse 4 for unto him that worketh not but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly i thank god that god justifies the ungodly i know i am an ungodly person but i know that there's one that justifies the ungodly for god commended his love towards us that was where yesterday christ died for us so that he that justified the ungodly for him that doesn't try to earn his own righteousness but he simply believes on him that justifies the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness that scripture just came alive to me i held on to it and i began to cry i was like i found the lord he has been revealed in me i just felt the rush of the spirit of christ in me i just felt the rush of the love of god i closed my shop and i spent almost two hours loving the lord praising him in my heart i did i it, it couldn't be expressed in words because i knew i had found the truth and i had never looked back since i loved the lord with all my heart the, the christ was revealed in galatians chapter chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 Paul says that for for God who separated me from my in my mother's womb and called me by his grace by when he pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me to reveal the son in me that i might preach him you have no business preaching christ until he's revealed in you he said god revealed his son in me that i might preach him he was talking of the three days that his physical senses was shut down so that his his spiritual senses would be open and he saw the lord on his way to damascus he met the lord and the lord shut him down so that he could reveal himself in him and he began to preach him the next fear is the living of Christ within. Christ must begin to live as a vital life. 
the life must begin to have manifestation practically says that i am crucified with christ this is where the, the work of the cross comes in again where you must be defeated in yourself you must sacrifice your ambitions you must sacrifice your will to the father that's where christ begins to live in you having the cross inward deep in our experience when we experience the cross day by day the cross stands in the way of what that is of the old creation in adam the, the cross is a death sentence you must walk around with death sentence on our flesh you see the flesh bible says that the flesh profits nothing that is where we die to our flesh that is where we die to our ambitions that is where we are all sold out to god that is where we are conformed not onto the world onto the world the patterns of the world but we are renewed in our minds you begin to live the practical life hallelujah that is a, a shift of a certain from a certain brand of christianity death to sin death to the world death to self that is the practical life of christ within when you begin to live the life paul said i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me i myself am dead when we remove ourselves from the sin of action and we subscribe to the life that is in christ jesus the third point is that christ must be formed the formation in us sometimes the the manifestation of christ in us is without form we apply so many spiritual principles to see which one will stick. We throw so many things at the wall, so many pl- uh, mad at the wall to see which one will stick. We want to fast, we want to pray, we want to give arms, we want to do this in order to subscribe to a certain reality in God. But when we, when the Christ in us is formed, we have, we have a certain structure. We have a certain spiritual administrative arm in our hearts. Paul says that. Oh, my little children, of whom I travail in birth till Christ be formed in you. Galatians 4.19 They knew he, they were saved. But Paul prescribed their confusion between the law and the grace. Between the law and grace was that Christ must be formed in them. He said that you have not so led Christ. Christ must be formed in our heart. heart. When he is revealed in us, he must start to live in us. And he must start to be formed within us. The fourth point is that Christ must come and make his home with us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15. That Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. Paul wrote that scripture or that letter to the people of Ephesus. They were formed, they were, they were born again. They had the life of God. They were, they were predestinated unto the adoption of children. But Paul said that Christ must have his home in us. It brings to us the picture in John chapter 11. And then Luke, I think Luke chapter 10. Jesus went back to Bethany to Mary and Martha because when he went there, Martha left the Lord and was serving tables. But Mary knew something better. She left everything and sat at the feet of the Master to hear his word. That is where Christ comes to make his home within us. You see, you can be living with somebody in the same house and not be talking to the person. Christ may be living in your heart. Christ may be, have been revealed in you, but you, you give no ear. That is where we, we come and we listen to close to his heart. The Godhead are coming a man. Bible says that if a man love me, I will come with my father and we shall make our home. We shall make our abode with him. This is where the Lordship of Christ is expressed. Where Christ becomes the total Lord of everything that is in our life. And the last part is that Christ will be glorified in our bodies. Christ will be glorified within. Christ becomes the glorification within. In 1 Thessalonians 1.10, said so that he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at I told them that love him. That is the mature life of the apostles. That is where the life is fully expressed 
That is the point that death becomes gain. That is why you can say that for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. That is the subjective Christ. Christ that lives within, coming out, coming out of us to be manifest to the world. That is why we become the epistle of Christ. And everything that I have said from point one to point five is subject under where the Christ must establish his kingdom in an individual believer's heart. Christ must be revealed in us. Christ must live in us. Christ must be formed in us. Christ must make his own in our heart. And finally, Christ must be expressed, must be magnified, must come to be magnified in us. And so I would, I would want us to take note of these things. My time is up. I want us to take note of these things and know that the Lord loves us. He has commissioned all things by the Son that it will give us life. I do not know, maybe you are, you are listening to me right now. Maybe you come and listen to this broadcast later. But this thing that I have mentioned, realize that you have been going to church but you don't really know the Lord. Christ has not become your Lord. You have not confessed Him as your Lord. That was that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you must confess His Lordship. You must proclaim His Lordship. It's a public proclamation of the eternal Son of God as our Savior. You do not know Him. You want to lay your hands on your heart and you want to say that, Lord, thank you for this revelation. Thank you for this teaching. I have come to know you. I have come to know you by this teaching. I have come to understand that you have an eternal purpose for me. That you become my life. That Christ, who is our life, you become my life, my subjective life. And I do not know you. I have been living my own life. I have been living the way I want, pleasing my own self. But I want to live for you now. I want to be your child. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me my sins, Lord. I denounce the ways of Satan. I denounce the world. And I denounce myself. And I receive of you pure bread. You are the bread from heaven. Thank you, Father. I want to thank the Lord right now. I want to thank the Lord right now. If you have received the Lord, I rejoice with you. You have become a part of the family of Christ. You have been ushered into the very court of heaven. You have become a royal priest that you may reign with the Lord right here on this earth in the age to come. I thank you all for lending me your, your hearts. Thank you all for joining with me, coming with me on this wonderful journey by the grace of God. I know that subsequently, mighty men of God that are anointed of God will continue on the foundations that I've laid. And I have watered. Somebody will plant, somebody will water. But it's the Lord that gives increase. And I pray that may God increase His word in your heart. That you would be blessed, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Oh, can somebody give some glory? Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. In a, in a, in a few minutes left, I want us to spend time in prayer. Is somebody ready to pray? My, my heart is really flooded. Uh, my heart is really filled. 
I don't know about you, but somebody say it's a great encounter. Uh, I want you to, we are praying one prayer. He, he made mention of one thing that keeps hitting my heart. He said that the, the expression of God's purpose and the fulfillment of God's supreme desire and interest always begins from my individual life. Somebody say, it begins from my life. The power of God begins from my life. The glory of God begins from my life. The expression of God. You see, when you begin to listen to what he's saying, it appears like there is somebody somewhere that God is looking for. Somebody say that God is looking for me. I'm the one. I am the one. I am the one God is relying on. I remember one day on campus uh, when I was doing my undergrad, we went for service and there was this prophecy that came and the Lord said, that, that was a, I don't know, but up to now, that's the only prophecy that is in my heart and it keeps hitting my mind and my heart. I, I don't know why. It's given and he said that I know things are not well. I know things are not going on well. I am here to fulfill my purpose. But you are the one that I trust. You are the one I am relying on. You are the one I am relying on. I I came back. My dear one, it was I was wondering. Like you are the one I am relying on. Ah. Ah God. I mean there are better people somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in a way, I don't know, but it it was it appears so living in my heart, even up to this day, that I still remember. He said, I know you are weak. I know you are struggling. I know you are battling with stuff. I know things are, there's this wrestling going on. It appears like you are losing it at a point like, it appears this thing can never break off. But, <laughs> irrespective of what is happening we are the one he's relying on the same life which is a problem which we see as a problem which we think is a problem is actually the very instrument he's looking for to use this morning i want you to go before we are before the lord i want you to begin to bubble in your hearts God is not looking for anyone. You are the one. <laughs> Stop looking inside. Stop turning. There's no one. You. There's no one. Uh, you, you, you think he will throw you away and, and look for somebody else. You are lying. You, you are too important to him for him to allow some of your the things you are doing to throw off his purpose. The man of God said, even when man fell, God had a backup. You are the one. Ah, but, but man of God, me myself, nah, I'm struggling. Yes, that's why you are the one. Uh, but but, but man, man, man of God, 
look at my life. If I look at my past and I look at my present life, uh, I'm more than Satan. Yes, God is not looking at, God is looking at your future. God is looking at the investment he has made. The man, the man of God expounded on that. He took his blood, the blood of God. You are making one prayer right now. You are telling God, that, Father, I have stopped running. I've stopped. I, I, I've stopped running away. I've stopped trying to run away. I, 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 I have have my life. He said that God wants us to come to the place where we are totally lost. We are totally dead. We have in dying. We have died, so that His life will be full. His purpose will be fulfilled. This prayer is very important to me because of the next session we are going to have in the evening. In the evening, we are going to talk about finding your help meet. Finding your help meet. And it is the link between this place and the next session is our ability to know that we are the one God is relying on. I want you to make a prayer right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to make a prayer. God is not looking at anyone. God is not looking at anyone. Lift up your voice. God is not looking at anyone. God is not looking at anyone. God is relying on you. The fulfillment of his dream is still on you. Our individual life, our private life, God is relying on us. God is counting on our lives. God is counting on you. God is counting on your decisions. God is counting on the very things you are doing, your thoughts, the things you are learning. It's not just being in a university, it's not just giving birth, it's not just getting a promotion. No. God is employing everything about you to fulfill His dream. Stop looking inside. God is looking at our bodies. It's not your pastor. It's not your elder. It's not your bishop. It's not your prophet. You are the one. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. We have no business to build our own empire. We are not in to build ourselves. We are not in to project our self-ambition. We are not in to project what we want to achieve. Some of us we go to God and we talk to God as if we, we are the one who died for ourselves. The fact that the man is not coming doesn't mean his purpose is delayed. The fact that you are not giving birth doesn't mean that his purpose and assignment has been thwarted. The fact that your scholarship has not come doesn't mean his purpose is, is thwarted. The purpose is destroyed. The fact that your marriage is not perfected doesn't mean that his eternal purpose has been thrown away. His purpose has nothing to do with marriage. His purpose has nothing to do 
with childbearing. If it is childbearing, then stop worshiping Jesus. If it is married, then stop worshiping God. His purpose is that his life will be full. Oh, Shigalama Lama Shandalama. Lift up your voice wherever you are. It's time to die to yourself. It's time to die to certain things. Some of you, you have made it so big. You have made your heart desire a particular request. I see that is that is all that is in all. Lift up your voice and pray. There's a there's a bigger dream that God wants to fulfill. Stop being selfish. Stop being self-ambitious. You go to church because of a child. The reason why you pray is because of a scholarship. The reason why you do something. I'm not saying don't place requests. Don't, don't make it the chiefest place. Let Christ be the chiefest place. The man of God said, God, Jesus Christ as the rich man. Are you ready to say yes? Does it go and sell what you have and come and follow me? And that was the problem. Some of you, if God says that I will not give you your marriage, what are you going to do? I won't give you that child. What are you going to do? Are you going to be like that rich man? All we need is the expression of life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't don't joke with this session. It's very short, but very, very powerful. Very powerful. I see the Holy Spirit move so strongly. Allow your heart. Allow your heart, my dear one. Allow your heart. Let those mountains drop. Let those hills in your heart drop. Allow your heart be broken in His presence. If God will give you something it is in accordance with his eternal purpose allow your heart permit your heart allow god allow your heart in the next one minute allow your heart Lift up your voice. Lift up your when we were praying, the Lord was ministering to me that, you see, it, it, it's so painful, it's so painful that, it's so painful that God is doing, it's like, you see how painful it is that you have a dream, you have a particular purpose that you want to send your child to school for, and the child gets there, and the child is claiming other things, it, 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 and you realize that maybe the reason why you want your child to go to school is become a medical doctor. And you realize that your child is taking money from you to be buying uh, entertainment instruments. And you get to find out it's so painful. It's so painful. What am I trying to say? The Lord was ministering to me that, see, most of us, what we are doing is we are, we are, we are, we, it's like we are in to exploit God so that we can benefit. It's like, I don't know how to say it. It's like, let me use God to get my, my my request the reason why some of you are so devoted 
to God. We are so devoted to church. We are so devoted to the things of the spirit. The reason why we fast and pray, the reason why we do certain things is because the whole reason is because you want a child. The whole reason is because you want a man to marry. The whole reason is because you want to get a scholarship. The whole reason is because you want to get a mansion. So, so let, let me fake it. Let, let me fake it. The man of God said that there's nothing outside genuineness that will grant you what you need. Let me tell you, faith cannot be faked. You can't, you can't trick God. You can't trick God. You can't trick God. Let me tell you, anyone who works in the genuineness in fulfilling God's dream never lacks provision. I repeat, anyone who in genuineness become consistent to fulfill God's dream never ever lacks resources. Never ever lacks resources. I've seen it in my own life. Anytime I sway away from the genuineness of God's purpose, I don't receive it. Anytime I fulfill in the genuineness, I get resources. I get resources. The man will come because I'm in the genuineness. Even when things are bad, the glory of God will be revealed. There's no place for you to... No, 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 no. You are committed to prayer meeting because of a house <laughs> you, are, you are committed to church because of one thing that is why god will also delay in giving you things to the point where that selfish thing is broken look at what he did to the israel the bible said that he caused them to be hungry so that they would know that man shall not live by bread alone god will cause you to be hungry for child to understand that you know that man doesn't live by child alone doesn't live by scholarship alone doesn't live by first class alone doesn't live by marriage alone doesn't live by physical things alone but man lives by the word that comes out of the mouth of god he will keep you hungry i'm sorry to give you another message but that's the word i'm receiving if you know me and you acknowledge him as a prophet that's the word i have for you he said i should tell you that he will keep you hungry so that you know that man does not live by bread alone man does not live by bread alone but we live by the mouth the word that comes out of his mouth the word of life the word of life you have one minute left i want you to submit to the presence of the lord right now father take over my heart <laughs> you see it's better for you to do this though there's no way the only way left is to do this so you just allow submit let him become your chiefest place talk to god just 30 seconds just a second just say something to the lord say something to the lord thank you holy spirit Thirty seconds our time is almost up 30 seconds Father, have your way in my heart. Have your way in my heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to Jesus. God bless you so much. If you are blessed, I am blessed. I am blessed. Powerful. God bless you so much for coming. God bless you so much for coming around. Um, this evening, we are entering into another season finding your help me somebody say finding your help me 
it's going to be very powerful it's going to be an encounter with god it's going to be an engagement with god i don't want you to miss it my problem is some of us we are not involving people we are not inviting people let's invite people let them come and let's come and enjoy from the rivers of god god is doing something god is taking us on a journey and i don't want anyone to be left out this evening 8 p.m gmt on the dot is coming live let's get prepared the messages will be are going to be available for us to download and also to bless somebody let's stay connected let's keep in prayer and let's pray that god at the end of this journey may i be a fulfilled vessel that you, are, you will see the fullness of your life the lord bless you all even as you wait for this evening don't miss it tell somebody don't miss it 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 the lord bless you don't forget to like and share and follow us on all the platforms available the lord bless you and keep you my name is mr douglas okay i love you all bye bye